In today's episode, I'm recommending Arcane Ascension, the story of a young man and his journey to resurrect his brother from the dead by climbing a building full of puzzles, death traps, monsters, and magical items. Welcome to the Progression Fantasy Podcast, where we discuss, recommend, review, and provide the latest news in the emerging genre of progression fantasy fiction. I'm your host, R.L. Watson. It's only fitting that my first recommendation be of Arcane Ascension by Andrew Rowe, as it's very likely that this podcast would not exist if it was not for this series. After reading Arcane Ascension, I scoured the internet looking for similar works of fiction, and eventually I came across Andrew Rowe's blog post about progression fantasy. I talk about that blog post and how Andrew Rowe helped define progression fantasy in my first episode, and I recommend you check that out if you're curious. But before we talk about Arcane Ascension proper, I want to note that there are two other series written by the author that both take place within the same universe as Arcane Ascension. These are The War of Broken Mirrors and The Six Sacred Swords. I will be recommending those two series separately at a future date, and will only be addressing Arcane Ascension here, especially since this series can be read without having read either of the two other works. Arcane Ascension tells the story of Corin Cadence, a 17-year-old minor noble who's about to commence his judgment. Judgments are the special trials that one can complete by entering one of six spires located on the continent of Caldwin. When a person completes their judgment, they are granted an attunement. Attunement are these magical abilities that are represented as tattoo markings somewhere on the person's body. Each attunement grants different magical abilities, and which attunement you get depends on which spire you've completed your judgment in. A person can have more than one attunement by completing a judgment more than once. However, each time you complete a judgment and get a new attunement, it becomes progressively more difficult to do another. Furthermore, death is a very real possibility when attempting a judgment. In fact, the main character's older brother died when he attempted his first judgment. When completing a judgment, individuals can only enter alone. However, climbers, individuals who seek to reach the top of any given spire, can enter with up to five other individuals. In both cases, you can acquire magical items through climbing the spire and you can take these items outside of the spire and you can use them as you wish or even sell them. According to legend or perhaps scripture, it's not really clear. If one reaches the top of the spire, you will be granted a meeting with the goddess Celeste herself, the deity who's responsible for creating the six spires and she will grant you one boon. The primary goal of the main character, Corrin, is to become a climber so that he can reach the top of the tower and basically request that the goddess resurrect his deceased brother. When Corrin enters the spire, things don't exactly go according to plan. He does end up with an attunement, but unfortunately it's not a combat-oriented attunement. He ends up getting what's called the Enchanter Attunement which does 
exactly what it says. Grant Corn the ability to enchant items with magical properties. This is problematic for the main character for several reasons. First of all, the nation of Alia from which he hails has sort of a warrior culture to it. And his own family, in fact, his noble house, their, ba their claim to fame is basically the fact that his grandfather managed to accomplish a surprising feat, basically beating someone of note in an enemy empire in a duel. So his father isn't going to be too happy about the fact that he got a non-combat oriented attunement. And on top of all of that, the enchanter attunement isn't really ideal for his own goals either. The spires, as I mentioned before, are filled with monsters and death traps, just as much as they are filled with puzzles. And ideally, you would want a combat-oriented attunement in order to deal with those monsters and not be a burden to a group of climbers. Besides having an undesirable attunement, however, Corrin gets involved in a conspiracy involving godlike beings, Godzilla-sized giant monsters, secret societies, multiple factions of rebel organizations, an evil empire, and the looming threat of an invasion of Caldwin by the goddess Celeste's archenemy, the tyrant in gold, and his legion of children and grandchildren. The series does take place primarily in a school-type environment, so if you're not into that sort of thing, the whole Harry Potter feel, then this series probably isn't for you. But it's really more of a military academy than it is a traditional school in many ways, for what it's worth. Now I want to talk about the things that I liked and didn't like about this series, starting with the magic system. Now it goes without saying that I'm going to like the magic system of any progressive fantasy series that I ever recommend. But I want to say specifically here why I like the magic system in Arcane Ascension. As I mentioned before, the way people gain magical abilities in the setting is by going through a judgment inside of the spires and obtaining an attunement. Each spire comes with its own set of attunements, so you can only get certain attunements by going to certain spires. Because the spires are buildings obviously in fixed locations, which are controlled by specific countries, different controls are put in place that limit access to the spires and attunements of a particular spire are much more common in the country from which they are located. Various regulations such as age limits, level of training, and not surprisingly, fees, all limit access to the spires. Because the source of magic in Arcane Ascension is so clearly defined, it becomes a major plot point over the course of the series as these access limitations alongside the inherent risk of completing one's judgment determines who are the haves and have-nots in this setting. But enough about how people obtain magical powers and more about how the magic system itself actually works. As I said before, there are multiple, dozens, at least 50 attunements in the setting, probably more. And each of these attunements grants a specific power, such as the ability to enchant items with magical properties as I mentioned with the enchanter attunement but there are also other attunements that specialize in healing attunements that are designed for reducing the magical powers of others forging contracts and summoning monsters 
creating illusions, controlling people, and each attunement is associated with three elements, two of which the user gets access to immediately, and a third one they get access to once they achieve a certain rank and power. These elements of mana basically allow the characters to cast spells of various elemental types in addition to whatever specific abilities their attunement grants them. An example of this would be the Guardian Attunement. The Guardian Attunement has a primary mana type of enhancement, a secondary mana type of life, and a tertiary mana type of earth. One of the primary features of the Guardian Attunement is that it allows the user to focus their mana into specific parts of their body to enhance their physical combat abilities. However, a Guardian could use life mana to give them healing abilities, both to heal themselves and to heal others. Now I want to talk about the characters. I love the character of Corrin Cadence. He is not your typical high fantasy or sword and sorcery fantasy protagonist. He's really much more in line with what I guess you would expect to find in a young adult fantasy novel. However, I personally haven't read very many of those. That being said, this series is not really advertised as young adult, so there's that. But the character is very socially awkward. He has anxiety about socializing with others. He has anxiety about physical contact. He doesn't really have any friends, although that's more a result of the actions of his father isolating him than it has to do with him personally just being uh, unpopular at school. In fact, he's pulled out of school by his father for the purposes of basically home training him and making sure that he can complete his judgment where his brother had failed. I also love the instructors at the academy. They are very quirky and have weird personalities, which is along the lines of what I think you would expect from a young adult fantasy again. They also tend to have very arrogant and extreme personality traits that just make them hilarious. But they don't go so far that they just seem sort of like full-blown cartoonish or just can't imagine this person possibly seriously existing. Corrin's core cast of friends tend to have more well-rounded personalities by comparison. And it actually took me a longer period of time to get attached to them. I really didn't feel for any of them with the possible exception of Delenn until the second book in the series. But I really do like those these characters. It just it, I'm one of those types of people where I got to know a character for a significant length of time before I grow attached to them. And that's especially true when the characters don't have some standout personality traits. I would that's why I like books and TV series over movies because I don't feel movies last long enough for me to really get emotionally invested in any of the characters in the movie. Now there's nothing of note that I really didn't like about this series. However, I do want to point out that there is a lot of info dumping in this series. Now I personally didn't mind it because a lot of the info dumping is pertaining to the magic system, which I love. This is one of my favorite magic systems in any fantasy setting, which is something that I forgot to mention here. But 
again, there's a lot, a lot of info dumping. Probably more than I've seen in really just about any work of fiction I've ever seen, or at least any one that I've ever read. Um, yeah, there's tons of info dumping. There's a lot of the characters, particularly the main character, just sort of monologuing, uh, just having an internal monologue about how this or that works and learning about the magic system and deciphering the magic system for himself. So if you hate info dumping, you're going to hate this series. But if you can get past that, this is a great series. That's it for now. But I hope to see you next week when I cover Will White's Cradle. If you have any questions, requests, or recommendations, please email me at progressionfantasy at gmail.com. You can also find me at the Progression Fantasy subreddit as Roadog22. This is your host, R.L. Watson, signing off.